Hello and welcome to this new episode of So Tell Me, a podcast where I talk to people about their education experiences, get opinions on higher education and talk to people about what information they think the world should know more about. I'm your host, Kim Wardle. Let's get into the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back. I have a guest that has known me all my life, literally all my life. So tell me, who are you and how do we know each other? Well, my name is Bill Pollard, and I'm Kimberly's granddad. Woohoo! <laughs> I was the first one to see Kimberly walk. Oh, that's mad. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, this podcast, we talk a lot about uni and stuff like that. You had a, a slightly different uni experience, and I wondered when you went to uni and what you studied. Yeah, okay. I didn't actually... I didn't actually go to, to university as such. I went to a place called Nescot, mm-hmm. which is the North East Surrey College of Technology. Now, this is a sort of college that's affiliated to Surrey University. So all the mm-hmm. exams that we took and all the teaching and everything all came from Surrey University. And I suppose in a, in a way, I had a university background, as it were, but I didn't actually go there. Mm-hmm. I was there, I went there in 1997. I was 47 years old. Uh, so I must have been the oldest student in the whole wide world. <laughs> uh, it was strange. Whenever I went on holiday and you had to fill out these forms, they said, what's your employment? And I put student on it. I'll get some funny looks by the guard. However, that's... That's that's me. I studied facilities management. I studied for a degree in facilities management, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, I got a. I eventually got a two one. Hey, good job, Granddad. <laughs> the the actual the actual university degree comes from the Open University. In fact, not Surrey University. It's the Open University who okay. issued the degree. Was it completely out of the box that you went to uni at forty seven? Oh. It was not common. No. <laughs> it wasn't common. I must have been the oldest guy in, in the in the college. The, the average age was between 18 and 21, which is which is basically a u- right. university type. Mm-hmm. I felt like a bit of fish out of water to begin with. Yeah, how was it transitioning from, from what you were doing previously to being a student again? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I did. I mean, how different do I think uni, uni was? I, I'd done many things at 47 years old. I'd done many mm. things. I'd been in the army for uh, 12 years. I'd come out. I'd got about 10 t-shirts. <laughs> and so going into a going into a, uh, a closed environment like that and, and mm. taught sort of uh, having to focus on a particular subject was a little bit difficult at first. The disadvantages. Mm. Of going to a university at that age, whether it is, it's much harder to learn. Right. I was competing with eighteen-year-olds who they just left school. They they'd been in school that they they'd been in education full time, uh, and they were sort of um, they, they you get conditioned to uh, to remember your stuff. Mm. So, so they 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 still remember the detail. Now I had to compete with eighteen-year-olds because I had to relearn all the stuff that that I'd never never 
ever learned before things like maths, you know, advanced maths and stuff like that. Uh, I had to learn all that, uh, yeah. as well as keep up with the work that I was given by the printers, you know, as part of the part of the actual part itself. So it wasn't easy competing in that way. Yeah. I never passed my level plus. Right. When I was in the army, I did go on to pass what was the equivalent of, of O levels, but it, but they were all sort of uh, military related. Mm-hmm. But there was still maths and English and or both. Yeah. I I'd had a, a bit of um, years and years and years and years ago. I had a bit of education drilled into me, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that was all. And, and, and uh, going in, going back to school uh, is not easy. Did you feel like you were uh, forced into like a sheltered environment again? You were out in the open world, you were doing things, you were living life, and then you were forced back into a very protected environment. How, how did that feel? It wasn't. I didn't feel protected for a start. Okay. I felt more like, uh, I, I felt more like I went from being in, in junior school up to senior school. Mm, right, it, right. It was an odd feeling of progression more than anything. Not It was a protected society because I was old enough and ugly enough to protect myself. <laughs> Right. But as far as the college was concerned, it, it was more of a sort of a sense of uh, a sense of improvement, a sense of uh, progression going there when I first went there than anything else. I was quite mm. pleased with the fact that I'd been given a place, to be honest. So, what was your best uni moment? <laughs> best uni. Let me just think about. It. Mm. I guess. The best time ever was graduation day, <laughs> right. and we and we you know we were sat in in the hall at Nescott, mm-hmm. and we uh, and we were called up to be given our little dummy scrolls by uh, the Lord Onslow of Guildford, who gave the presentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that was the best. I suppose the best. T- the, I didn't have any best moment. Per se, I didn't have any individual best moment because mm-hmm. what it was bearing in mind is that I was trying to cram into this bushy brain that I had uh, <laughs> all sorts of uh, stuff that I, you know, never Pythagoras and stuff like that, never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying, and I just concentrated. So it wasn't, it wasn't a bad time. I enjoyed the learning. I wanted the learning. The, one of the best moments were the, were the semi-social bits that I enjoyed with two mate two two friends that I I got in. Mm-hmm. These were the only two guys that, that uh, I sort of got friendly with. I I I did most of my learning from home. I took home oh, okay. I went to col I went to, to, to college uh, three days a week and three evenings um, but after each day I, I, I sort of backed up didn't socialise to a great degree. I packed up, went home, started to cram in what I'd just learned the day for that previous day and write up notes. I spent a long, long time just writing notes and trying to learn. Because it's mm-hmm. at 47 years old, you, it is a lot harder to absorb and retain information. The best time, I think, was sitting in the refectory with my two mates and laughing and joking. You know, laughing and joking about the about the uh, tutors. Yeah, classic. 
I thought you were going to say about your dissertation because that was pretty impressive. The, about my dissertation, um, mm. I that that <laughs> my. Do you want me to explain about my dissertation? Yeah, yeah. Say a little bit about it. I well, facilities management is 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 management of a building and everything inside, except mm-hmm. personnel. So you look at you look at we used to be called the the, the boiler cleaners. Right. Um, the facilities management is all sort of anything from financial management of the building to its assets and everything inside it. You know, broken mm-hmm. broken chairs, anything from broken chairs to broken computers. Right. So for the dissertation, we had advice to go look in the library uh, at previous dissertations to get some ideas, as it were, and I hadn't decided i really really had decided what right from day one year one they they kept drilling into us start thinking about the dissertation start thinking Mm -hmm. about it because that apparently became the most important part of my uh, education in 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 college Mm -hmm. that one has to look at a lot of people were looking at at what i'm doing facilities management I'll do a dissertation on cleaning the corridors, or I'll do a dissertation on repairing desks. I mean, these right. these are just examples. But looking at the looking in the college uh, library, everybody was doing the same old thing. Right. And I thought, well, I want I'm fighting here to make a good impression, and I want to do something that's different, entirely different. For the dissertation to make to make that impression, because I knew that my actual college work would be difficult and if and somewhat mm. wanting in knowledge, as it were. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do facilities management up in space. I called it ET facilities, <laughs> extraterrestrial facilities, and it was just a dissertation on the International Space Station as it was beginning to evolve at that time. And it was um, all to do with facilities in space. Now, I mean, this gave me a, a whole new concept of facilities, this International Space Station, because um, uh, in space there's no up, there's no down, forward, there's no backward, everything's the same, if you can imagine it. Yeah. Which p- puts the, 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 the aspect of facilities management, managing the facilities inside that building, entirely different. That's why I did my dissertation on the uh, development of the International Space Station. I was invited over to, to uh, Houston by mm-hmm. NASA's chief mm-hmm. education officer and I spent a week over in to, um, to talk about my dissertation. I learned a lot from it. Mm. But that was it. That's my dissertation. If you want to read it, go into the uh, Surrey University Library. It's there. ET facility. <laughs> He's famous now. He went to America and everything. Out it. <laughs> so do you think that being a mature student gave you any advantages over other students? Because obviously you'd lived life before going to uni because you weren't, you know, moving away from home for the first time or learning to cook or, you know, how do you think that impacted uh, your experience? Let's look, at the, let's look at the disadvantages first. Right. I always look on the pessimistic side because when you start looking at the optimistic side, it tends to look, look and feel better. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> This advantage first thing is that it's harder to learn. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you know, I've already said you, you're competing with the 18. These are these captains of industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they just left school and they were they were full of them. The competition was absolutely fierce from my perspective. I had to do as well as, if not better. Right. Another disadvantage is you're not earning, like all students, you're not earning any money. Mm. So I had to, my wife had to go to work and earn a sufficient amount to uh, pay the mortgage. You know, um, we also have two children. So there's lots of things, lots of things financially that, that uh, we had to consider before we even started. Um, the, the biggest, big disadvantage here, I didn't have any uni clothes. <laughs> what counts as uni clothes? I dressed like a dad and everybody knew I was a dad and therefore they knew I was a mature student. Right. So I didn't have a, didn't have any jeans or I didn't have any um you know, I didn't have any, <laughs> didn't, have any <laughs> didn't have any holes in me in my knee in the knees of my trousers. Right. That classy uni yeah. student look. <laughs> well I, that's that's my classic uni student look, you know, uh-huh. that's that's the way I, I saw students then. And to some of you, I don't know if it's true, but that's that's the way you have to go. They're the biggest disadvantages. There are other disadvantages of being a, a mature student. You lose sleep. Mm. You know, you lose more sleep than than anybody else because you're perpetually worried about whether you, how well you're doing in your oh, yeah. um, projects and your homework and everything. You, it's on constantly on your mind. And for a forty-seven-year-old. Uh, that's one of the advantages. Mm-hmm. It was an easy entry. Really? Why? <laughs> well, there's me. I I I, I had very little uh, educational experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed by the by my course tutoring course, and he basically interviewed me on um, on my experiences, life experiences more than anything. Yeah. I didn't have to rely on any qualifications like you guys have because I'd not been in school. Right. So I, I, I just had to rely on my life experiences and my life knowledge on getting me in there. Unfortunately, the guy that interviewed me uh, could see my perspective on life and he and I was allowed to go in. I was also, um, as a mature student, one advantage was that I was given a number of classes on subjects that the other guys had to take. Things like maths wow. and one lesson in maths, and then I was called up to the office, and, and the course tutor said, well, "Don't worry about maths. You don't need to go to maths anymore." Great, perfect. Well, whether that was because I did well in my first lesson at maths and first homework, I don't know. Um, or whether it was because he thought I didn't need it, you know, is I don't know. But sort of maths, I was exempt maths, and I was exempt other things. So that's one of the biggest things. I had whilst at uni was I had those life experiences. Prior to going to university, I spent 12 years in the army. Now that makes people grow up like nobody in business, grow up so fast that you're a third, you're a 15 year old going on 50. The army taught me to be self sufficient, taught me to be self supported, to be confident. So I had that experience and I came out of the army. And then went and did jobs like being a draftsman. 
Mm. Which that was my first job out of the army actually, and and uh, that taught that life experience taught me the office life that, that you know one had to get on with others in the office. You, they got right. army pals and talk to them the same way as army pals because it's a whole different life and it's a whole different language. And from there, I, I did a whole plethora of jobs. I was a managing director of a state of 600 properties in Brentford, for instance. I became a building surveyor and uh, went to be a loss adjuster, working intermediaries for the insurance, dealing with insurance claims on buildings. So I had to learn about how buildings are constructed, what caused a building to fail. Right. Life experiences all had added up to, to the reason I wanted to go to university in the first place was because I had all these life experiences and I wanted to consolidate all these all these things that I'd learned through my mm. experiences right from the day I joined the army. Did you feel like it was necessary for you later in life? Like, could do you think you could have done uni before that point? Or do you think oh, that you could have only done it question. later in life? Excellent question, yeah. When I was at, when I left school, I left school when I was fifteen. Mm. That's that's the that's the earliest we that's the latest we developed school. Right? At that time, in nineteen sixty-five, mm-hmm. I'm guessing I'm guessing it, it might even be less, but only the top ten percent of students went to university. I think it was even less because the at, at that time the O levels and A levels were so hard. Stringent. Only the top one percent of each class. There was only one or two out of each class that actually went in for O and A levels. Right. That's it. If you try and get your head around that, out of a school of a couple of thousand kids, mm. that's not many people go to university. No. You know, or even get the opportunity to go to university. I, as I said before, I failed my eleven plus, so I didn't. I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly think of going to university at any time whatsoever because because the entry to university was so stringent at that time. I wanted desperately to learn music. Mm. And I was good at music. I, I, I was a good trombone player. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still good at music. You still write music. Well, at the age of, oh, I think, just, I've got to get me around this one. <laughs> at the age of 11, mm-hmm. I taught myself to play the cornet. Classic, great one, Grandad. Yeah, and then and and all I did was you know borrow one of the school instruments and pick up a, an old um, tuner, mm-hmm. uh, tuner day it was called. Uh, I taught myself to play the cornet. That was good. I got I was doing well with that, and then I decided that I fancied a bit of uh, art rather than playing melody all the time. Yeah, let's have a look at a bit of harmony. And I taught myself to play the euphonium. I did well at that. With the school, went to some seminar, not seminars, but teaching, you know. Teaching. Like workshop type thing. Workshop. Uh, so I went as a youth and then picked up the trombone and taught myself the trombone. So I went on a classic uh, workshop for trombone. At the end of that, that particular, we did a concert. We did, there was a three-day, it was a three-day uh, workshop. Mm-hmm. We were relieved in the... Um, in the facilities, huge 
it was a huge band. There must have been maybe 150 players there wow. of different wow. sorts. Of different sorts, you know, um, uh, euphonium, trombones, all sorts, and it made up it made up a huge 150 to 200 made up a, a huge band concert band. And at the end of this three day workshop, we did a concert, and the concert was that's pretty cool. It was recorded by Radio Sheffield, but it was put out on uh, national radio as a live concert. I was a top trombone player. So, you know, I did played a few solos and whatever. Now, I always wanted to learn music, and I really would have loved to have gone to the Royal College of Music. And some guy, when I was on one of these workshops, some guy approached me and said, I'm from the Royal College of Music. Do you want to come in, uh, to my college? Yes, Effectively. I would. And I thought about this, and I thought, boy, what an opportunity. Yeah. At my age, I was like, 14 years old, 15 years old, just coming up to 15. And I went up and he gave me his details. And I hung on to this bit of paper that I'd screwed his details on, like nobody's business. I sort of glued it to my to my chest. Yeah. And I didn't want to lose that at all. I went up and I told my mum and dad what this guy had said. And he and dad said, oh, well, ask him if he can come talk to us. My dad phoned him up, phoned up the college and asked to speak to this guy. And Invited him, he had to go all the way back up to Sheffield. <laughs> I mean, being up there, <laughs> had to go all the way back to Sheffield to come and talk to me. Mom. The woman went up there, he said, he said, You know, he, he said, Billy's a really keen player, he's a good instrumentalist, uh, you know, with make a good student down the college. The only drawback was you've got to pay for it. Oh no. And my, my mom and dad, bless them. My dad used to go out and do jobs for, for his pals, and, it, and frequently he'd come home from work, and I remember coming home from work and being dog tired, mm-hmm. but he would come home from work, he was dog tired, but he would say, he'd have his tea, and then he would say, I'm just going to do, do a job for Fred Long down the road, one of his pals, right. because these little jobs he was doing for his pals, whether it be repairing a chair or a table or repairing Brickwork, or you know, my dad was a labourer. Yeah. Me, these powers used to. It was a quid pro quo. I'll, I'll do something for you if you do something for me. Mm-hmm. For instance, one of the jobs he did was Paul gave my dad a pair of uh, running spikes for me. Oh, that's cool. He knew that I like uh, athletics. You know, I was good at athletics, so he gave him a pair of running. They were second hand, and they lasted me a season. Uh, before they, they eventually split and whatever, but it was at least it was the last season at school and I didn't have to worry about it. But it was that kind of thing that my dad used to do. That was the only way they could, in inverted commas, earn enough money to, to do the things that they wanted to do. I never went on a holiday. I only ever had one holiday in my life when I was at home because my parents couldn't afford it. And that holiday was in a caravan that somebody had loaned them that somebody owned and had loaned them because my dad had done a job for them. So that, that was, you know, that's the way it was then. And I had this huge, huge decision to make. Do I go to this Royal College Music knowing that my mum and dad can't afford it? I, I spoke to my mum about it and I said, what, if I, what happens if I do? What, how are you going to afford it? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll manage. Yeah. That was their process. We'll manage. 
and and I knew that if I went there, there would there would be hell and high water to get me what the what I need mm-hmm. for coffee. My mum used to make all my clothes because they couldn't afford to buy any. You know. Yeah. Um, so so I had this decision, and I thought, what the hell am I? And I phoned this guy and I said, I don't know what to do. If I go there, it's going to put me mum and dad at risk. Yeah. Make life difficult. Uh, but I really want to learn music. And he said, Well, the only other alternative is to join the army, which is what I did. Never went to college. And that's why, in later life, it was one of my biggest regrets mm-hmm. is that I never went, went to college when I, I had the opportunity. I used to sit at home at the weekends. There was a program on the television at the weekends. And it was pushed out by the Auckland University. Right. And it was a science program. Every Saturday, every Saturday afternoon, we used to put these, and it was different things on science, different programs on science. Uh, sometimes it, it could have been anything from molecular structures to, uh, you know, the universe. Right. I used to sit and avidly watch these things uh, when I was at home. Before I, before I left school, I used to sit and watch them. When I left, when I was in the army, I used to find time to go and to go find the television and, and go watch this program. I always had this, this, this wanting to go and learn more. And, and, but I uh, never had gone to college or university. It was something that was uh, something that I never had the, 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 and never could do and uh, never dreamt of doing until the opportunity came up. And the opportunity came up when Nescott had an open book and I went there to see what they had to offer. That's where I met the guy who interviewed me and said, um, I'll take you in as a mature student. That's so strange how things come full circle like that. Well, it's even stranger. It's an even stranger story if you think that your mom, mm-hmm. she persuaded me to go to this Nesco Open Night because she wanted a bit of company. That's mad. I'd never thought, I'd never even thought of, thought that there'd be anything there that would interest me. And we went there because uh, because your mum wanted some moral support because she was looking for a college course. Yeah, so strange. Well, you know, when I was doing my open days before I went to university and Nan came with me in Glasgow, they were trying to offer her a, a place. They were like, do you want to do university? She's like, nah, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They, for some reason, they even now I think they welcome mature students. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. How was? Because obviously you didn't go out clubbing like uh, all the uni students nope. do now. How was balancing like home life and uni life? Well, to me it was <laughs> it was a good balance. I I mean, in in a nutshell, mm-hmm. I got up in the mornings. I had breakfast. I went to college, did a day's work at college. I came home. Watch the TV, but I mean, I say I watch the TV loosely. I, would, I, 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 first thing I would do would be write up, write up all my notes on, you know, on the computer, mm-hmm. computerize all my notes and get them printed off and whatever um, that I could understand. And then, then I would sit down to watch TV. So to me, it was just I regarded it as just another job. Mm. You know, to me, it was just I went out in the morning. Went to school, uh, which I looked at as a as a job, and and then came back and and um, and and 
and balance it off with the home life. There was no, there was no, never any problem balancing college life with home life. That's good. I guess that would make it easier in terms of transitioning from doing jobs to doing uni. It does. It does, and it, and it, and it is as a mature student, it is very much a frame of mind. Mm. Okay, when when you're at work, you do socialise. You go out with the, with your pals. You go out clubbing it if you want. Mm-hmm. In in my time, in my day, we didn't go to clubs and things. We couldn't afford it, right? Because the clubs were the playground for the higher echelons. But so we so we just went to the pub, oh, yeah. you know, for a night out. But uh, of course. Without any money, you can't afford to drink. You know, certainly when you want to try and concentrate on your work, you can't afford to. You can't afford to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I just went to the pub. I didn't think with any drink. We had, I had my two pals around, and we went out every now and then down a pub, just for just for a quick one, and then you know, gotta go, gotta write up my notes. We all said the same thing: <laughs> just gotta write up my notes. <laughs> I've uh, got to go, we'll see you, because we were all in, intent on doing well. Yeah. You know, and all three of us got two, two ones at the end of it. So the hard work paid off. But that's true of anything in life. Mm. If you don't, anybody who doesn't want to work hard doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So you said that that clubbing wasn't really a thing. Obviously, we talk. I'd talk to you like twice a week. So you know a lot about like what university experience is like now. What do you think are the main differences between what when you were doing uni compared to like uni now? Well, I, I, it's a hard, difficult question to answer because I because I I've not been since nineteen ninety seven, mm-hmm. as it were, and so I don't I don't really know what uni is like. I I only know what I what I hear from you. Yeah. But like I said before, only the top ten percent or even less. Uh, couldn't get into university when I was there, so it, it must have been a hard slog for you guys. Mm-hmm. As hard a slog it was, it was for me when I started at forty-seven years old. We we didn't have the same social life as others because we were living at home. We didn't, right. you know, you 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 live on campus, whereas I had the I, I was afforded the luxury of living at home. We didn't have the same social life as others, you know. Like I said, I I had two. I, there were two guys who, who I considered as friends, and even they, because they were younger, even they treated me like dad. Right. And they would, and they would ask me even in class when we were doing the classes, the the the, the, the tutor would be talking about and teaching, and the guys would be turning to me and asking me, "What do you think, Bill?" You know, what do you think about that? And how do you manage that? And what do you think about that? And I was being asked for advice as if I was their dad all the time. Right, as if you knew any more than them. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, one question that springs to mind is advice for somebody who's unsure of going to university. Mm -hmm. My, my, My advice to them would be to be prepared to work harder than your fellow students right. because the spotlight is on you to do better and it's on and the spotlight is not on you from the university itself but it's from your own fellow students mm-hmm. they expect you to they expect you to, 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 to have all the answers and they expect you to do better well that's the first thing to, 
life in in university as a as a as a mature student. Yeah. You've got to as a mature student, you have one has to pitch oneself at their level. You've got to try to think like an eighteen year old when you when you're conversing. It's be relatable. Yeah. You cannot you cannot lecture these people because you think you know more. Right. You probably do know more, but you don't show it. You, you see, you see what I'm driving at. You can't, you can't treat a younger person with uh, as if they're young. You can't treat them yeah. as if they're young. You can't treat them as if they're kids. These are all young adults. You have to treat them like they're young adults, and to uh, agree in places where you know it's wrong to agree, but you've got to agree because they think they're right and they know it all. So you know you've got to you've got to pitch yourself at their level mm-hmm. and, and bear in mind as a, as a mature student you, you've got mortgage you may have a mortgage you may have kids to bring up you may have a car to run all sorts of things repairs uh, washing machines to buy food uh, make sure you can afford it yeah and then three things question um advice to anybody who's unsure about going yeah it's, it's, that's my advice to him. Was it worth it? Did you enjoy it? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Great. It was great fun. Yeah, I did enjoy it. It was it was worth it. The the never having never having a, a, a qualification, a magic bit of paper. Mm. I've lectured you on about it, haven't yeah. My my drive my drive to you is to do well to get that get that magic bit of paper. Mm-hmm. It's without. I mean, without it. I used to when I was working before before going to university. I used to have enormous difficulty in getting promoted. Right. Well, we can't we can't let you be the office manager because you've not got any qualifications. Well, we can't let you do this because you're not qualified. We can't let you talk to this person because you you are you know you don't you're you're not qualified. Right. Now that was one of the driving things. That made me go back to school, as it were. So by getting that magic bit of paper, I managed to get. I did manage to get more prestigious jobs. I got jobs in management. You know, like I said, I, I was I became a, a director of a, a a firm that that managed uh, six hundred houses. Mm. You know, I would never have been given that opportunity without that bit of paper without that degree uh, and that's a fact of life um, so it, it does enable people to get more prestigious jobs if they go and look for them but you've got to look for these jobs and to, to be prepared to, 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 to travel yeah. for these jobs i think you're you're speaking directly to me now <laughs> yeah yeah it, it certainly enabled me to get a bigger salary yeah true you know uh for some strange reason, you'd be doing exactly the same job in the same firm uh, without the same salary. As soon as, as soon as you get this magic bit of paper, suddenly well, you get you get your salary improved. Don't know why that is, but only employers know that, and there must be a good reason for it. And importantly, with all my life experiences and with all my life knowledge, knowledge of buildings, knowledge of insurance knowledge of people interaction with people yeah mm-hmm. uh, it enabled it enabled me to become self-employed 
Yeah, I was going to ask how you got from uni and, and that kind of work to starting your own business. Because it, it gave me more credibility. Mm. Yeah, I was more I was more credible by saying, by putting on my business card, William A. Pollard, BSC, than what I was just putting William A. Pollard. Right. You know, and people, people regarded it, people tended to regard it as something that is a requirement for, for for being clever, for being good at your job. Uh, again, I don't know why it's human nature. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, but it is weird. It's very weird. Look, you know, I got a BSc. I applied to be to join the Institute of Chartered Arbitrators. What's that? Straight in, I I did. I think it was a six-week night school course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was in as an associate of the Institute of Archaeology. I don't think I could have got that far without a bit, without a degree. Interesting. So you feel like it opened a lot more doors after the fact. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. It opened more doors for me personally. Right. But it's, it comes down to the old adage: it's not what you've got; it's the way you use it. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. True. So, so, so for me personally, it opened more doors and gave me more opportunities. Or, you know, I'm in awe of anybody who gets that bit of paper and goes on, please me no end, to see you go on and get a job as a research scientist, mm-hmm. for instance. Because that's what you, that's what you dreamt about. That's what you dreamt about in the past. But, but that's what, that's what how I see you. Because you—that's how I see you having taken the course that you took. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would please me no end. Fantastic. It, it, I, I, it annoys me. It annoys me, and I think it probably annoys a lot of employers knowing that a person has taken a de- got a degree in geography, mm-hmm. and he goes to get a job as um, a, a brain surgeon. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see what I mean? Yeah. See, see what I mean? And, and, and people, I'm not degrading a, a geography degree no. by any means. It's not what you've got, it's the way you use it. Mm. And, 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 and people who people who just go to university for the sake of getting a degree and hoping that it's going to open doors for them, they really want to sit back and think, shouldn't you be doing something else? Yeah, why? Like, what's your root reason? Well, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Because because we, even, believe me, even when you've got that bit of paper, you have got a lifetime of work in front of you. Mm. And that mm. lifetime of work involves hard work. There's lots of people, you know, just because you've got a degree, uh, don't get the impression that you know it all. Yeah, you're good. true. You're not good. You only, you only get good. Having those life experiences behind you, mm-hmm. building up, you know, building up a reputation, uh, building up—that's something else that uh, people rely on you. You've got to build up a, a good reputation for yourself, mm-hmm. a reputation for being a hard worker and uh, a stable worker. Yeah. So if you're going to go for a degree in psychology or sociology, mm-hmm. and then come out and be um, a gardener. <laughs> You know. you know, though, a lot of um, apparently the statistics when I first started university, they were advertising like what jobs you can get once you have a science degree. 
the highest job that people like the most likely job that people got after doing a science degree was accounting I know I'm like why <laughs> I know why waste three years of your life right. you know learning about science just to go and crunch numbers yeah I mean to me it's, to me to me it's a complete you guys you guys take on a huge debt yeah a huge load why waste it yeah because especially because the reason you're coming out of uni and not doing a job in the uni subject that you did is probably because you don't enjoy that subject. So why did you do that subject in the first place? In the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Not much point being a brain surgeon if you're going to do some gardening. Yeah, true. All right, I've got one more question for you. You'll like this one. Oh, yeah. When are you going back to uni? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm now 70 years old. What degree would you do? If you were going to go back to uni now, what degree would you do? I would do, again, I would do a degree in music. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't rely on the facilities management to do uh, to get me there. I would rely on my own my own knowledge of music and my yeah. own knowledge of, of life. Yeah. So I would, I would go in for a music degree. In fact, I, I've often, I often sit in front of my PC and troll the net for um, university courses, uh, distance learning. Do you really? On, uh, yeah, yeah. Solely for, for, for music composition. Yeah. Several strings of music degrees. There's pop music and there's there's writing lyrics and there's all sorts of things. Yeah, that's sound engineering. Um, composition, co- composing and harmonisation. Because, you know, I've had stuff, um, I've had stuff published. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got I've, I've got one, two, three, four pieces published. So that those would be your um your grades. You could submit that as your evidence. Could do, could do, could do. I have to sit here and dream about it and think I'm not capable. I don't know. You never that you don't know until you try it. That's true. You know, but the biggest problem is that with only a pension to live on, you've only I've only got my pension to live on. Mm-hmm. Uh, where am I going to get money to, to, to afford this university course at £7,000 a term? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I've actually, I've actually gone a full circle on this one. <laughs> yeah? Where am I going to get the money? What's going to happen? So I've gone, I've gone a complete circle on this one. Way back in the, uh, in the 1960s now, 1965, do I go to the College of Music or not? Can't afford it. Yeah, how weird. <laughs> it just wasn't meant to be, maybe, but you still do music, so. It wasn't. You know what? It wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. I went to the, as far as music concerned, like I said, I spent four years in learning. And I taught sometime, sometime that I spent at the Royal uh, Military School of Music, now mm. as a pupil. And I was given, I was given the accolade. I was one of the top trombone players then. I came out and dreamt of, of being, uh, going back to, 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 to Nellahore as a student. It wasn't to be. Yeah. It just, I don't know, that's, that's uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just not, just not uh, cut out to be a, a music student. Yeah. I mean, you maybe you transcended and you're already a music master. <laughs> you didn't even need school. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I know. mean you're published either way. So Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've done what. Yeah, I, I, that's that's just another T-shirt to my collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I've got that. I've done things. I've done things that other people, other people have not uh, have not done. That's true. Had a good life, really. Yeah. Enjoyed it. And you, you, do you still have your trombone? I, you still have it, but you don't play anymore, right? I have a trombone which is so dilapidated that it's fallen to pieces. <laughs> oh no! I can't, I can't play, I can't play it anymore because um, I had an operation, um, and it's removed mm. half of my soft palate. Oh yeah, true. And, and um, you need as a as a instrumentalist, whether you're clarinet, trombone, whatever, you need. Um, you need your soft palate to be able to, 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 to play an instrument because you need you need the pressure in, in your mouth and not up your nose. Yeah, true, true. But I mean, you still write music, and you also did. What's it called when you like take music, you rearrange music? Is that the right word? Yes. For yes, um, a band and that. I'm, yes, yes. I'm just arranging a. I'm in the process of arranging a something at the moment, which. You know, which which is quite nice. One of my favourites, the folks who live on the hill. You'll be able to hear it when we go on holiday. I'm sure I will be able to hear it. <laughs> well, I'm taking a laptop, taking a laptop, so um, on, on the on the music so uh, We can be work buddies. I'm bringing mine too. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's raining? Only yeah, because otherwise you'll be fishing. Yep. Too true. Yep. Well, thank you for talking with me. Well, I hope it's oh, not waffle too much. No. Perfect, perfect amount of waffle. Thank you so much to my granddad for recording with me today. It was a lot of fun. And I learned some stuff that I didn't know about him. So that was also good. Don't forget that you can find me on my website pleaseholdfor.squarespace.com and on my instagram at pleaseholdforinsta so if you have any questions comments suggestions you can send them my way on there that's it thanks folks